Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Hey, we're, we are in week 15. Can you believe that? Part 15, I should say. Not necessarily week 15, about week 13, really, of Proverbs. We are in Proverbs chapter 15 as well. Actually, no, we're in 14. We're going to finish up 14, and we're going to go through 15 tonight. Somebody say, hopefully. All right. Are you guys enjoying this? Y'all enjoying the walk through Proverbs? I hope so, because I am thoroughly enjoying it. I will say it is a challenge for me, um, but it's a good challenge, and I'm happy to rise to it. Verse 21 of Proverbs chapter 14. He who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. You know, after reading several chapters already here, we see that God really has an eye for the poor. And he has a place in his heart for the poor. And he, he has a place in our hearts. He's put a place in our hearts for the poor. Right. Amen. And we want to do our part to help out however we can. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now, this isn't just money poor people. This could be like we help Hope's Door. People who are poor in relationships. We, help the, we also help those in need with our North Texas energy plan where we help weatherize homes. I love, I love that ministry of this church, that we're able to come into a home that, uh, and, and blow new insulation in their house and fix their AC units if that's necessary, put all new light bulbs in their home, a new refrigerator if, if, if possible, if that's necessary. And uh, we've, we've got funding that comes through us, and it's really wonderful. And we're, we're hooked in with a, two wonderful companies, uh, one of them being Atmos Gas, and the other one chooses to remain anonymous. But we come in and we help inter- it, uh, weatherize their homes so they can save money on their electric bills and gas bills. Isn't that great? Yeah. And so yeah. God, God brings money to us and it flows through us. And then our church gets a percentage of that money to go right into our, our uh, no sweat off our backs. Praise God. Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. We love reaching out, and uh, God's, God's made ways for us to do it. Of course, we reach out with our, our food pantry, and now uh, Angel Food. There's all kinds, of, all kinds of things that we're able to help, not just the poor, but those that are maybe just struggling, or maybe those that aren't struggling. <laughs> we're here for everybody. Now, I want you to just notice here the comparison of, his, of the neighbor and the poor. Now, God's just talking about despising our neighbors that are in need or ignoring the people that are around us that God puts in our sphere of influence that we can do something to help out, but we just don't. I don't want to be that guy. I always want to have my eyes open, my ears hearing what God is saying and be ready to reach out. You know, it's not necessarily about your neighbor next door, but it's, it's certainly not excluding them either. Verse 22, do they not go astray who devise evil, but mercy and truth belong to those who devise good. Mercy and truth. Remember we looked over in Proverbs chapter 3 earlier that said, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. And then verse 4 says, so shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. I love that. Verse 23, in all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. In other words, work will bring the money home. Talking about having nothing will lead your life to having Nothing. Talking about needing a job will lead you to needing a job. (laughs) Amen. 
It's the work that's going to bring the money home. The message says it like this. Hard work always pays off. Mere talk puts no bread on the table. And in verse 24 of the message says, the wise accumulate wisdom. Fools get stupider by the day. <laughs> Boy, isn't that the truth? Huh? Wise accumulate wisdom. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. Verse 25, a true witness delivers souls. I love that, that line. I love that verse. A true witness delivers souls. But a deceitful witness speaks lies. In our time, this, this day of incredible, abundant grace, we have a message to deliver that delivers souls. They cannot be delivered if you don't deliver the message. Amen. A true witness of that message will never try to add to that message or take away from that message. The true witness believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness tonight? I said the true witness believes in the gospel of Christ. That is, that, like Romans 1.16 says, that it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. It is the power of God. It alone, it all by itself is everything needed for a total transformation from darkness over to light. It's that message. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Nothing to add to it and nothing to take away from it. It's the simple, pure gospel. And if, ladies and gentlemen, we have to be convinced of this gospel. We have to be convinced that that is all they need to hear. Because there's all kinds of messages being preached, what the sinner needs to hear. Yeah. Yeah. They say things like, we must expose the darkness. Right? We must preach about their sin and tell them that they have to turn from that sin. Otherwise, they won't know they need God. We must point out their depravity and their wickedness so they can, and we must draw the contrast so they can see their need for a Savior. Anybody heard that before? Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm about to demolish that thinking. Through Scripture. Imagine that. How novel. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. See, there it is. It teaches us we must expose. You've got to, you've got to tell the sinner he's a sinner. Really? Because you can't forget verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things. Oh. So exposing the sin and the darkness isn't talking about the darkness. Then how do you expose the darkness? How do you do it? Turn the light on. You turn the light on. You say, there's the light. And when they see the light, they go, oh, my God. They see their darkness. You cannot expose darkness with more darkness. You turn the light on. You bring this message that is a light. And when they see that, 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the power you need is that gospel. Are you hearing me today? Yes. Amen. How do you turn to the light? You turn to Jesus. But you also allow them to look at your life because you're the light of the world just like he's the light of the world. As he is, so are you yeah. in this world. Amen. The pressure is not on the sinner. The pressure is not on the sinner to see their darkness. It's on the Christian to shine their light. Amen. Amen. You must repent. Well, Dr. Ding Dong has gotten so educated that he's educated himself right out of the truth. Hmm? <laughs> he's come to a place in his life where he's not convinced that the gospel is all they need. And so he says things like, believing's not enough. Even the demons in hell believe. Use that scripture right out of context and just put it right in. Like Paul had nothing to say to us. Like the Apostle Paul had nothing to say when he said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Even Jesus' own words, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Is believing everything? Yes. And, and let me just remind you tonight that the book of James was written to the Jews. Well, Pastor, wasn't it written to all of us? Well, let me say it like this. Parts of the Bible are, everything is written for you, but not everything is written to you. Don't get too quiet on me. I'm not standing up here lying. I'm not a novice. I know what I'm talking about. I said, all the Bible is for you, but it's not all to you. Everybody raise your right hand for a moment. Now, has your right hand ever offended you? Has your right hand ever offended you? Have you ever done something with that hand you shouldn't have done? Now, if you're, going, if, if you're going to believe that all the Bible is to you, then you need to cut that right hand off. That's what Jesus said to do. Has your right eye ever offended you? You should have plucked that thing out a long time ago if, if, the, if you believe all the Bible is to you. Hmm? Amen. You, look, you open up the book of James and it says to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. There is a different message for the Jews than there is for the Gentiles. Yeah, there is. Now, ultimately, faith in Christ. But they live different than we, than we live. I want you, everybody here to say tonight, it's good to be a Gentile. Yeah. See, Paul continued to be a Jew. He continued to follow the law even though he was preaching grace. His message to the Gentiles was grace, 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 grace. And he was shaving his head and taking vows and going to the temple and doing all, just being a good Jew. But he never told the Gentiles to do any of that. Ever. Hallelujah. Paul said, it's by grace you're saved through faith. And that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. All right. You expose the darkness by turning on the light. Amen. Everybody okay out there so far? All right, 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. My goodness. See, righteous living not only affects you, but your children. Righteous living not only affects you, but it affects your children. Amen. Amen. There's reward in doing the right thing. 
Not only for you, but for generations following. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Now let me remind you tonight what the fear of the Lord is. It's not a, ah. No, the fear of the Lord is living your life with a deep and uh, a sense and uh, reverential sense of your life being accountable to God. That's all it means. Understanding that your life is not your own. You belong to him. You can't just say anything you want to say, do whatever you want to do, think however you, I mean, you can, you can, but as a child of God, you're accountable to him. Everyone is accountable to him. You live your life with that sense all the time, my life is accountable to God. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turn, to turn one away from the snares of death. Look what it does for you. In a multitude of people is a king's honor. But in the lack of people is the downfall of a prince. And let me clear that up, but I love the way the message reads so many times because it, it clears things up that we don't quite understand. It says, the mark of a good leader is loyal followers. Leadership is nothing without a following. It's pretty simple, isn't it? If you're a leader and no one's following you, all you are is out on a long walk. <laughs> Amen? Okay. Verse 29. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Ooh. Slow, the message says it like this. Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. <laughs> quick-tempered people stockpile stupidity. I, am, I don't know about you, but I'm really tired of short-tempered people. Hmm? especially Christians, right? Especially Christians, acting stupid. Bragging on their short fuse. You know, I said this last week. Oh, don't mess, you don't want to make me mad. Well, I get mad easy. What's wrong? Are you saved? Where's the joy of the Lord, man? Come on, man. You're stockpiling stupidity. All right, let's keep going. Verse 30, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Ooh, man, oh, man. Envy is, envy is fueled by insecurity. It's, it's one of fear's big bad cousins. It really is. Dictionary.com describes or defines envy as a feeling of discontent or covetousness with regard to another's advantages, success, possessions, etc. The Bible definition, the, the Hebrew word is kinah. Everybody say kinah. And it just means jealousy. It means a warm feeling or passion. It's, it's hot jealousy is what it is. Hot jealousy. It's, it's rooted in insecurity. And instead of celebrating one's successes, successes, this person just burns on the inside with jealousy. And that unbridled fear will ultimately take him out. Not the person he's envious of. It rots the bones. I think it's interesting, it's interesting that it says it, it rots the bones. Because envy isn't necessarily always displayed. It's burning on the inside. And it's eating and rotting them away. Literally, physically. So it only affects the one who's envious. And the message says, a sound mind makes for a robust body, but runaway emotions corrode the bones. Everybody okay? 
31, he who, who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him, that is God, has mercy on the needy. The message says, you insult your maker when you exploit the powerless. When you're kind to the poor, you honor God. 32, the wicked is banished in his wickedness, but the righteous has a refuge in his death. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you excited tonight? The Bible says that we don't weep like those who have no hope. We know that when we sleep, we sleep in Jesus. And we rise, we rise in Jesus. Highland, we live, we live in Jesus. You're always in Jesus, whether in life or in death, you're in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You, you close your eyes on this earth, you wake up in heaven. Hallelujah. Yeah. There is refuge in your death. Amen. And not only that, but someday that body's going to come out of the ground and be made brand new. Amen. Wisdom rests in the heart of him. Verse 33, who has understanding, but what is in the heart of fools is made known. Hang around dumb people long enough and they're going to let you know all about it. They love to talk about it. Amen. Righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Have we seen any of this in our nation? Hmm? It was a man by the name of George Whitfield who began to preach freedom in Christ that literally set this nation on fire, the desire for freedom. It was righteousness that exalted this nation. Mm -hmm. Verse 35, the king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. Look at this, we're already in 15, and it's past 8. I won't go through all of this. There's no way. Proverbs 15, the, now I want to just tell you that the book of <clears throat> Proverbs was written based on the revelation that God was giving to the earth at that time. It doesn't answer every question. There are things here, just like all the Old Testament, that we have to make sure that we read them in the light of the New Testament. Did you know that? You have to read the Old Testament through the filter of the new covenant that you live in now. They didn't know the reality that you're living in now. They didn't live on this side of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So tonight, the reason I'm saying that is tonight we're going to see a few Things like that where it doesn't necessarily apply to you, but we're going to see how we can learn from it, all right? Like I was talking to you before, not all of it's for us, but, I mean, all of it's for us, but not all of it's to us. Amen. So we make sure to read them in the light of our New Testament covenant living. But this verse is really powerful. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Anybody married in here? Amen. Yeah, you've lived that, haven't you? Both sides of that coin. Turns away. That word turns away means to turn back. It literally means to cool off. Yeah. Soft answer cools off wrath. Yeah. You don't have to snap back just because she snaps at you or he snaps at you. Huh? Soft answer turns away wrath. Or, or, or uh, but a harsh word stirs up. The word stirs up means causes anger to ascend to a higher level. Yeah. That's not going to go anywhere good. Just stockpiling stupidity upon stupidity. Verse 2, 
The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Boy, do you see this theme all over the place? Right? The wise get smarter and the stupid get stupider. A no, uh, the message says, knowledge flows like a spring water from the wise. Fools are leaky faucets, dripping nonsense. <laughs> Verse 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment that you confess your sin or something you did wrong is not the moment the Lord found out about it. <laughs> Amen. His eyes are on us. His eyes are on us. When nobody else is, he is. Amen. That shouldn't discourage you. That should encourage you. He never takes his eyes off of you. Amen. He's not watching for you to screw up. He's not like, okay, any minute now. Watch this, guys. Watch. No, because the truth is that the Bible says when we, when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. All right, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So then when you try to bring that situation back up with God, that's going to be new news to him because he really does forget. That's encouraging too. Amen. Amen. Verse 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The message says, kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. Number five, verse five, a fool despises or reviles. That word for despises means reviles, scorns, and rejects his father's instruction. Remember how we talked about the word father could also be translated teacher. He, he, he rejects, he, he derides his father or his teacher's instruction. He who receives correction is prudent or sensible and intelligent. Am I talking to some prudent people tonight? Yes, I am. Of course I am. Verse 6, in the house of the righteous, there is much treasure. You know what the word treasure means? Treasure. <laughs> in the Hebrew, it actually means riches and wealth. In the house of the righteous, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. That's the truth. The lips of the wise. The biblical definition of wise is skillful in living. All right? There are three parts to your skillful living. You might want to jot these down if you're taking notes. Of wise, skillful living. Number one, <clears throat> someone who learns. This is someone who's wise, skillful in living. Someone who learns. Number two, someone who heeds a rebuke or they receive correction. And number three, someone who speaks properly. They learn, they heed a rebuke, and they speak properly. And you know what? The lips of the wise, of the skillful in living, they disperse knowledge. But the heart of the fool does not do so. You know what? If you're going to learn from somebody, learn from someone who is learning. Learn from someone who takes correction. Learn from someone who speaks properly. Amen. Amen. Verse 8, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. God delights in your prayers. He delights in your prayers. The prayer of the upright. This, this, that, that is also the word for righteous. You are tonight the righteousness of God in Christ. And Jesus taught us how to pray. Pray believing that you receive. Pray in faith. 
It's the prayer of faith that God honors. It's the only way to connect to God. Through faith. He loves it. He delights in your prayer. Sacrifice to the wicked, it's an abomination to him. The way of the wicked is an abomination. The way, the sacrifice of the wicked and the way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who follows righteousness. Now, let me tell you something tonight. God already loves you. God already loves you. Can I get a good amen? amen? Not for what you do, but because of who Jesus is. Amen. You already made the righteousness of God in Christ. Number 10, verse 10, I should say. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way, and he who hates correction will die. The message says it like this. It's a school of hard knocks for those who leave God's path, a dead-end street for those who hate God's rules. Well, that's the truth. Verse 11, hell and destruction are before the Lord, so much more the hearts of the sons of men. Isn't it encouraging to know that God knows your heart? You know what? Your head can get funky and goofy, but God knows your heart. He knows your heart. He sees all the way through that. He sees your I remember what he told Samuel, and Samuel's looking upon uh, Eliab, David's oldest brother. He says, surely the hand of the Lord upon him. And God said, you look on the outside. I look at the heart. I look at the heart. There might not be much to your outside, but God knows your heart. Hallelujah. A scoffer does not love one who corrects him, nor will he go to the wise. Know-it-alls, the message says, don't like being told what to do. They avoid the company of wise men and women. 13, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. That's just talking about your face. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. You know what this is saying to us today? What's in your heart is going to show up on your face. And you know what? You might need to do a heart check if all you got is this. Hmm? Somebody comes up to you and said, I know you've been kind of sad lately. What's going on? That might be time to do a heart check. Huh? Amen. Because what's there is going to show up. And you know what? Look at this. By, but by sorrow or by grief of the heart, the spirit is broken. Grief, if it's not dealt with, yeah, there is a time for grief, but there's a time for grief to end. There's a time for grief to end. You have to get back to life and keep living. I had a friend who passed away years ago, and his mother, to this day, still falls on the floor and weeps and weeps and weeps over her son. She has, she's still there. It's still just as fresh to her today as it was years ago when he passed away. She, and it's, it, it's, she has a broken spirit. It's sad. I hate it. I hate it for her. But there's a time you got to get up and keep living. Amen. Yeah. Amen. you got to keep going forward. Yeah. You're still here on this earth. God's got a plan for you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Message says an intelligent person is always eager to take in more truth. Hey, aren't you glad you came to church tonight? Yes. An intelligent person is always eager, eager to take in more truth. That's why you're here on a Wednesday night, because you're intelligent. Amen. 
Fools feed on fast food fads and fancies. Verse 15, all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Hallelujah. Boy, I like that. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Message says it like this, a simple life in the fear of God is better than a rich life with a ton of headaches. <laughs> 17 says, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. Message says this, better is a bread crust shared in love than a slab of prime rib served in hate. <laughs> I'm almost done. A wrathful, the word wrathful here means hot-tempered. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. This is, this is good right here. A wrathful or a hot-tempered man stirs up strife. The word for strife here, <clears throat> if anybody in here has hot tempers, and I want you to pay attention to me tonight, or if you've allowed your temper to go nuts and boil up on the inside of you, listen to me tonight. This is what the word for strife, it, that's what it causes. Hot temper causes this. The word for strife is quarrels, dissension, Disputes that can't be stopped, arguments that create barriers between people. Hmm. So before you fly off the handle, before you get all up and you're mad, think about it. Because you're not only affecting yourself, you're affecting so many other people. Amen. Is it worth it to you? Is it worth you getting it off your chest and venting that way? Does that make you feel better? That you hurt and damage people? I hope not. I was attending a funeral some time back. A very, very close friends of mine, different funeral. I was very grieved to see that this incredible family were at odds with each other at this funeral. And they, it was strange. They were in huddles. And you could see how the sides were taken. They're all huddled. I mean, sisters against mom, sisters against each other, daughters against mom. I'm talking about Christian, spirit-filled, Bible-quoting people. Years they hadn't talked to each other, some of them. Because of hot tempers. And it destroyed and it created barriers in this family. In a time when there was so much grief and they couldn't even really come together. Hmm. Others didn't even show up because they didn't, it's not because they didn't love the one who had passed away, but because they just weren't going to be around that mess. They weren't taking sides. Hmm? It's not good. You're hot tempered. Cool it off. Amen. Cool it off. Let Christ reign in your life. Amen. Learn to shut the mouth. Yes. Learn to calm down. Be still and know that I am God. Yes. You, you can help that. Quit acting like that you're a victim to your temper. Man up. Cowboy up. Huh? All right. Woman up. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have a ring to it really. But he, <laughs> he who is slow to anger allays contention. Verse 19, the way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. That is, it really means he despises his mother's instruction. 
Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. <laughs> All that means is dumb loves dumb. <laughs> but a, man, but a man, man of understanding walks uprightly. Amen. 22, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Boy, that's good, good news for somebody here tonight. Amen. Good advice. The 22 says, in the message says, refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. All right? I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. That's, that's a bit to chew on for the rest of the week, isn't it? Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 